Good morning, NCC. Morning. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. Love to hear it. If we haven't had the chance to meet you guys yet, my name is Micah Escamilla. I am our groups and discipleship director here at NCC. My name is Zandra. I am Micah's wife, as well as the community engagement director here at NCC. And we are super excited to have each and every one of you guys joining us today, whether that's online or in person. And I actually wanted to start off this morning by telling you guys a little bit of a story about us. So we have been married for a little over four months now, which is super exciting. And we got engaged um, last October. And it was super exciting. I did a great job, if I do say so myself. But <laughs> obviously that entails me asking Xander's parents for their blessing. And what's kind of tough is we were out in Phoenix, and her parents are in Nashville. So we have to fly there. I have to plan a time where she's not at the house to, like, have this conversation. Do I have enough time? And it's one of those conversations where, like, if you're a married man in the room, you probably know it bounces around in your head, like, a million different ways of, like, how is this going to go? Do, are they going to hate me going forward? Like, or is this going to go really well? And so it just goes, bounces around in your mind. Ended up going pretty amazingly as you can now see, but <laughs> um, it was one of those things, and we're actually going to be talking a little bit about that today um, and how we see that in Scripture and how that can happen, and so we're going to be in John 1, um, starting in verse 43, so if you guys have the NCC app um, with the notes, use that if you have the Bible app on your phone or you have a good old Bible in your hand, and I want to start us off with some prayer this morning. Lord, I just thank you for bringing us all in this room today. Uh, that we get to join together as a church family, that we get to sit in a room full of your presence. And I pray as we are all here today that your spirit would fill the room and speak to each and every one of us um, as we get to be here today in your name. Amen. Amen. So before we dive into the scripture, I did just want to set it up a little bit. So there are 42 verses before our verse that we're diving into. So for a little bit of context, we are going to see a lot of names. So I'm going to do a little name breakdown so we can be visualizing these people as we're reading through the story. So a little bit about what just happened. Jesus was baptized, and this is a really important piece of his ministry. Once he was baptized is when he began calling the disciples first. So the first name we're going to see is Jesus. I think the majority of us in the room watching online are familiar with who Jesus is, but if you're not, Jesus is the Messiah. He is the one that the Israelites have been waiting for to set them free. He is the Son of God. So that is Jesus and a couple other people. We have Philip. He's going to be the main character in our story. So we definitely want to pay attention to that Philip name. We're going to be watching how he responds to the situation with his friend Nathaniel. So Philip and Nathaniel are friends when you see those two names. The last couple of names are Andrew and Peter. Your version might say Simon. That was his original name. So Andrew and Simon Peter are brothers. They are also disciples of Jesus. So now that we have some of those names, we can be visualizing them as we begin to read. So if everyone is in John 1, we're going to start with verse 43. It says, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, the disciples, was from the town of Bethsaida. So we're already two verses in, and we have multiple locations. So again, for a little bit of context while we are setting up this story, um, for my visual people in the room, we actually have a map of Israel at the time of Jesus. So 
All of these different colors on the map you can see are different regions in Israel. So when Jesus says Galilee, he's talking about that yellow section up in the north. And then this next slide, we have two locations circled. So these are important. The bottom one is Bethany east of the Jordan. And this is where the Bible tells us Jesus was baptized. So we can assume that when Andrew and Peter were called, it was around this area. And they would have been traveling up north towards Galilee up by Bethsaida. So just kind of be visualizing as this is going on in the story, just imagine these guys en route to Bethsaida. All right, moving on to verse 45. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So one thing to mention here is when we see Philip mention Moses and the law, this would have been really significant to Nathaniel. It was custom in that time for the young Jewish boys to be raised up knowing the Torah. And the Torah is the first five books of our Bible that we read today. They would have been memorizing it, studying it. So he would have been very familiar with this man Philip is talking about, the Messiah coming. So I don't know about you, but I cannot even imagine that walk from Philip finding Jesus going to tell Nathaniel. Like, can you imagine in Philip's mind, how am I supposed to tell my friend who I hang out with, who I see on the regular, that I just met the Messiah that we have been dreaming about, praying about, not only our whole lives, but for generations and generations. Like, can you imagine what was going through Philip's head? I would have imagined no offense, babe, I know you were overthinking with asking my parents for their blessing, but I would imagine there was a lot happening overthinking-wise in Philip's head meeting Nathaniel. So Philip goes and he finds Nathaniel because when he met his Jesus, Philip could not possibly imagine dropping everything, leaving everything behind, including Nathaniel. See, we can note here that Philip met Jesus and before just dropping everything, leaving his whole life behind and following Jesus completely abandoned, he did look around him and saw who he would be leaving behind. And he was doing life with Nathaniel, so he found it so important to go find Nathaniel and bring him with him. Yeah, it's so good. It starts with an invitation, guys. Uh, it's the same for us now. It starts with us seeking out the people who is around us. We aren't meant to do this walk by ourselves. I mean, we see it from the beginning of the Bible. We are not meant to be alone. We're meant to be in community. It's one of our declarations here at NCC. We live life together. So are we looking around and saying, who can I bring with me? We also see it in the way that Jesus called his disciples, even in this story. You see him call multiple people. He didn't call one person that he was going to teach, and then that person taught more, more people. No, he, he called multiple people because not only did they need Jesus, but they needed each other. And so we have people around us who need us, who need Jesus to be able to grow, to be able to walk. And it starts with that invitation. It starts with us taking that step. And with us looking around, and just like Philip did, and when he looked around, he said, who can I bring with me? It's us looking around, who can I bring with me? And he saw Nathaniel. We all probably have people in our lives who we know need Jesus. Are we looking around and saying, who can I bring with me? Are we being intentional with those relationships like Philip did? Philip was called, and he was excited about being called. 
But he didn't just stay there. He didn't just stay there. He went and found Nathaniel. He said, I want him to be a part of this. I want him to be with me. I want him to be on this journey and be taking these steps with me. And we have to be reflective on that. We have to sit on that and say, who am I bringing with me? Am I looking around to my friends and being an example and being intentional with not just staying in my, in my church and the people I know here, but saying, I know someone who needs Jesus, and I'm going to take the step. I'm going to bring them with me. I'm going to be intentional. So, Yeah, and then um, so as Philip is setting up that he is looking for Nathaniel, he sees that there is a need. So in John 1, verse 46, we see him continue on. This is Nathaniel talking. He says, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked, come and see, said Philip. Yeah, and so we have a map again as a visual for you guys. And kind of, I want to explain why he responds this way. So Nazareth, you can see it's in this little triangle here. And these three cities were of the smaller cities of Israel. And so, especially Nazareth, was thought of in a little bit lower uh, light. They didn't think as much of it, not because anything necessarily bad happened there, but because it was so small. So I don't know if you guys can relate to this, if you know like a small town around where you're at. It used to be Forney for me. So when I lived out in Forney, obviously Forney's kind of big now. But initially, when I was out in Forney, if I traveled around Dallas or when I went to Phoenix to go to college or anything, if I told someone where I was at, I said, I'm from Dallas. Because if I told them I'm from Forney, people knew Mesquite even. So sometimes I'd be like, I'm from Mesquite or this little place outside of Mesquite, but I'm from Mesquite. And so because people didn't quite understand where Forney was. Well, it's the same way. People didn't know a whole lot about Nazareth. So they thought of it kind of in a lower light because it was a small town. And even the synagogue, which was a super important place, obviously, for the Israelites to worship and to be at, it was so small in these towns that they had to hold their classes outside, which was really unconventional at the time. And so people thought less of these places. And especially a Messiah that they had for generations prophesied about, expected to come as this big king from the line of David, a, a glorious king, and they expected him to come in a big way, a big celebration. And... Instead, he comes from a place that they think nothing of. Like, it's, it's, they don't understand it. And so that's why Nathaniel asks this question. He doesn't understand why or how the Messiah is coming from a place that they think so little of. Right. And so when we look at this in a practical sense, I think it's really important to note it wasn't just Philip finding Nathaniel and saying, I found the Messiah. And Nathaniel saying, let's go meet him. Nathaniel's immediate response was, Nazareth? What? And I think that's okay. And um, when we are telling people about Jesus, when we're inviting people to church, it's so important to note that we very well might be met with hesitations. Maybe some reluctant comments or maybe just even blatant pushback. But I just want to encourage us as a church, that's okay. It's in our human nature to question and sometimes even doubt. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with us. People can have these preconceived notions about church or Jesus, but it's about us being willing to have a conversation. And I will be honest with you, I have a feeling there are some people in their room that when I say we need to have a conversation, that makes people squirm in their seats a little bit because it's hard. It's sometimes really hard to have a conversation with someone, tell them about Jesus when we don't feel adequate enough to do that. 
So a little story. When I was in college a couple of years ago, we were talking about telling people about Jesus. I went to a Bible college, and I was surrounded by these really spirit-filled students that knew the Bible like the back of their hand, could quote scripture so easily, knew these answers to these big theological things. And I remember I had a lot of passion for Jesus. I was super excited sitting in the front row, but thinking, I don't know anything compared to all these people here. And I voiced that in a lesser way, but just saying, I don't feel like I know enough to be able to talk to people about Jesus. What happens when they ask me the question I don't know the answer to? I'm not going to do the gospel justice, certainly. So when people are wanting to know more about Jesus, there's no way I'm going to be able to give them answers. I know Jesus for myself. I've had these experiences, but answering questions, probably can't do it. Quote a lot of scripture, probably can't do it. And that doesn't mean that I wasn't continuing to learn and to grow and to memorize the word. But I did not feel secure enough to be able to talk about the Jesus I had amazing experiences with, life-changing experiences. But I will never forget, there was this guy in my class, and I remember in response to that, he said, if I can encourage you, there was a time in my life I was not walking with the Lord. I was choosing not to, really. But the people that encouraged me to be back in relationship with him They were not those that were in my face with these big theological arguments and these big answers to my big questions. He told me that ultimately what brought him back into relationship with Jesus was the people around him loving him exactly where he was, exactly how he needed to be loved in that moment. So let that be an encouragement to all of us because that to me was a pivotal moment in my relationship as a Jesus follower, it boosted my confidence because, guys, we don't have to have all the answers. We're called to love people, and ultimately, it's not our job to save people, and I think we can carry that weight a lot. We want to do the gospel justice. We want to carry this weight because it is a weight. Honestly, it is the life and death weight that can feel heavy, but it's not our job to save It is our job to bridge the gap between the people we love and we want to know Jesus. We bridge the gap between them and meeting Jesus. So that looks like, yeah, extending that invitation, being willing to have the conversation, because conversations are vital to communicating our faith with the people in our life. And we can't really do that unless we're open to have a conversation. So again, when we don't know the answers, it's okay. When someone asks us a question we don't know, it's okay to say, hey, you know what? I don't know, but I'm willing to learn with you, and I'm willing to figure that out with you and grow with you and walk with you together. And our conversations really should never end. It's an ongoing conversation with the people we love. Yeah, that's so good. And that takes the weight off of us, is that we don't have to have all the answers because it's not a short five-minute conversation or even an hour conversation, and then they have to go on from there. It's a walk. And even in the story, I imagine, so at the time, obviously, they didn't have cars, and not a whole lot of people had ready access to, like, horses or other animals, so they walked most places. So we see Philip go and find Nathaniel, but that means there had to be a walk back together, right? And so I imagine this walk was full of more questions, 
uh, trying to understand who Jesus is. Nathaniel asking more questions to Philip, like, how did you meet Jesus? Like, did someone introduce you to him? Like, because they knew the same people or asking questions like, has, what has he said to you? How did he call you? And we will have the same conversations with people. It'll be people wanting to know, how did you experience Jesus? How did you get connected to the church? What was your testimony? And us being able to share, he took me from this place and he took me to this place. And we get to do it along a walk. It's not a short five-minute conversation. And that's the amazing thing. And it gets to take the weight off of us because we don't have to have all the answers. So when we can say, I don't know the answer, but I will grow with you and we can learn together. We can bounce ideas off of each other. We can grow together. We can do research. We can learn together and be disciples of Jesus together. And that's the reality of it is most of the time it's not an invitation and then a quick conversation and someone comes to church. That's just not the reality. People have different responses to hearing about Jesus, whether they have absolutely no idea who he is, or they do, and they don't really want to know anymore. It takes a walk. It takes a journey. It takes intentionality. And I've honestly been blessed to have this experience as I've stepped into staff here at church, also working at a different job outside of here. I get to be around people who, one person uh, that I get to work with has had experiences with Jesus, but doesn't really want to have any more. But then at the same time, I have another person that I get to share and ask me questions about faith that has absolutely no idea. And it's a blessing, guys. It's a blessing to have those people around you because you get the opportunity to lay foundational steps in the relationship with Jesus. You get to walk with him to a place, someone who has no idea what worship is, what prayer looks like. Like, I get questions asked to me like, I was trying to explain, like, oh, yeah, no, I help lead worship, like, at church. They are like, what's that? And, like, for me, growing up as a pastor's kid, I'm like, oh, people know what worship is, but some people don't. And it's awesome getting to explain that, and it honestly is great for our faith as well because we get to explain, like, this is why I, this is why I worship. This is why I do what I do. He asks, like, how often do you pray? Like, what does it look like? And I have people ask me, like, do you have to go to, like, a priest, and, like, you guys have, like, a confession, and I was like, it's not like that, like, I get to just talk to God, like, I get to have a relationship with him that involves conversation, that involves me coming to him and saying, God, I don't have an answer to this person's question, and he comes, and he comes with me to answer those things, and to have those conversations, and I no longer have to do life alone, and that's the amazing thing, is we get to go on that walk and journey with people, is we don't have to stay within just this community of people who already know him, but we get to walk and walk with people who have absolutely no idea who Jesus is and say, I get to bring you before my Savior who changed my life forever and will do the same thing for you. Absolutely. So that leads us into our third point, which is get ready to do some walking. So we're going to get our spiritual steps in, if you will, because we get to do life together. It's one of our declarations here at NCC that we live life together. And there's so much fruit that comes from that, and it is a joy to do that together. And like we were saying earlier, it's not our job to save them. It's not our job to have every single answer, but it's our job to point them in the beautiful direction of Jesus Christ. And we see this happen in this story. Verse 47 says, When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, 
Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Just pausing right here, Nathanael would have been alone, sitting under a tree. So every doubt he had, voicing that to Philip, on that walk, the hesitations, that pushback, what happened when he came face to face with Jesus in a matter of one moment, his entire life was changed. And that's what happens when we get to bring people to Jesus. We get to watch life changing. And if we're being honest, life saving. Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. It was always the intention of Jesus to reach Nathaniel. When Philip found himself unable to follow Jesus without first going and finding Nathaniel, I don't think that was just Philip. I think it was the way of Jesus pursuing Nathaniel and using Philip to do so. So what an amazing opportunity for us to be like Philip. That when we have an encounter with Jesus, by us being open to invite open to have a conversation, open to do the walking, and we have open hands saying, Jesus, use me, we get to experience life-changing relationships. We get to see the beauty of salvation and walk with people into that freedom, walk alongside people as they experience the freedom of Jesus. Jesus was never going to leave Nathaniel because he saw him. He saw the need. Jesus could have just as easily gone up to Nathaniel and told him to follow him. But he saw an opportunity because he knows the importance of community and living life together. He knew Philip was in community with Nathaniel, so he got to send Philip to reach his one. When we think of Nathaniel being under that fig tree by himself, the Bible doesn't tell us what exactly he was doing, what he was thinking, the place of life he was in. All we know is that Jesus saw him. Maybe Nathaniel was feeling overlooked, unwanted, unseen, not heard. Yet Jesus still saw him, and he was pursuing him even when he had no idea. So maybe you're sitting here in the room today, or watching online an hour later, and you find yourself sitting under a fig tree of your own. Maybe feeling unseen, broken, grieving, and feeling that by yourself. Lonely. Maybe you can relate to my story of being really, really happy a lot, but never fulfilled. 
feeling empty a lot. Friend, can I just encourage you? You are not alone. Jesus sees you where you are. And he is beautifully, patiently pursuing you. He hasn't stopped. He never will. He's waiting to meet you. And it's a life-changing moment. It's freedom. It's hope. It's joy in the brokenness. So we don't want to miss this opportunity. If you have never had the moment where you met Jesus and were brought into eternity with him, or maybe you have, but you've since walked away, we don't want to miss the opportunity to allow you back into relationship with Jesus. The Bible tells us that when we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, just like Nathaniel did, we will be saved. So in a moment here, we're going to do that together. <clears throat> we're going to pray together, and we don't want anyone praying alone here today. So whether you're in the room or watching online, we're going to ask that you please repeat after me. Let's pray together. Say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus. thank you for pursuing me. For loving me, for seeing me, when it feels like I'm overlooked, you still see me. Jesus, today I believe that you are my Lord. Right now in this moment, I give my life to you. I make you the Lord of my life. I know that I've sinned and messed up, but I know that I'm covered by your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for loving for me. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Can we just put our hands together for someone who might have prayed that for the first time? Yeah, it's so good. And guys, I know we do this every week, but I want us all to be genuinely excited because someone's life like someone's life changed when this happens. This isn't just like another routine like clap of the hands. Like someone's eternity was changed because they made this decision today. So can we give it up for that again? Not just a clap, but come on. That's good. And the amazing thing is is that does stop there, you know? So like Philip and Nathaniel, they're called as disciples together, right? And so the walk didn't stop when they met Jesus. The walk continues. So the walk continues in discipleship. So as you're bringing people to Jesus, as you have friends that you're talking, don't stop when they meet Jesus. The relationship continues. You guys are able to grow together and learn more about Jesus because you are together. So we have an amazing class here called Connect Track, guys. So if you haven't taken this yet, it's an amazing walk with other people growing in discipleship of who Jesus is, what NCC is, how we grow together, and, all of, and everything like that. So please don't hesitate. Sign up for this class. It is amazing. Joseph and Val Rodriguez, amazing people, will walk with you guys, and we love them so much. So this is a great next step. And we also want to challenge you guys to invite three people to our Christmas at NCC starting next week. We are super excited. This is going to be a break from all of the busyness of Christmas. Um, for me, we don't have kids yet, but 
Christmas is already a busy season for us. So I can't imagine for all the people who have family and everything and all the craziness that that brings. But this is going to be a break from all that. Us getting down to being simple and in peace in the presence of God. And so we're super excited for that. So we're also going to take the intentionality. You guys should have these one cards on your seat. So if everyone can grab this and grab a pen, we're going to take time to just pray, contemplate, and write down someone's name on this card. I know we can do this kind of often, guys, but I don't want us to forget how much this means. This is not just a name that we're remembering that we'll forget by the end of the week, but bring this card with you. Keep it in your pocket. I want to challenge you guys because this is a person who, who needs to hear Jesus. And they, they are desperate for God. So please, we're going to take a minute. Let's all take a second, write down someone in your life who this week, this week, you're going to just have a conversation, extend an invitation, and start a walk. Mm -hmm.